Welcome everybody to the Soul Flow Podcast. This is Melissa. It's been a couple weeks since we've been with you, um, but it's an exciting show. We have Jason here with us, fresh off his ayahuasca retreat in Peru. So we're going to basically talk about that today in this episode and maybe some other plant medicines too and just talk about his experience, how he's dealing with being back and things like that. So let's get started. Hey everyone. Um, So first I'm glad to be back. Uh, It was an amazing journey, um, a long 16 day journey, but I'm definitely glad to be back home and recording again, especially being back to the studio, starting to get back into everyday life. Um, So I'm going to talk about my trip to Peru, obviously. Uh, I'm going to start from the beginning. I learned about ayahuasca a couple years ago, um, watching documentaries and... Which, be careful (laughs) on which ones you watch. Yes, there are some documentaries out there that make it seem very scary, um, that people have these horrible, horrible experiences and they're puking their brains out. They look possessed. Yeah, they look like super high and not that that stuff can't happen, but it's not like that and not even just my personal experience but being around other people you know in groups none of the people I was around had horrible horrible experiences where they were like freaking out or anything like that so um, yeah be careful which documentaries you watch I think the the best one that I watched was the reality of truth I believe yeah with Michelle Rodriguez so we can leave a link on that um, in the description below Can you just really quick tell people what ayahuasca is in case they don't know? Yeah, so ayahuasca is a tea drink um, that is made out of two, at least two different plants. There are different recipes. The main recipe, it's um, uh, the bee cappy vine and then chacruna. And so... What the bee cappy vine and chacruna do is they they work together. So chacruna has DMT. DMT is um, dimethyltryptamine, which is a chemical that our brains actually naturally produce um, in our, through our pineal gland. Um, the main times that this is happening is when we have a near-death experience or we actually pass away. Um, there are deep, deep meditation techniques that you can actually create DMT. Um, DMT is also found in a lot of foods, uh, but our body breaks down the DMT so that our body doesn't absorb it. So that's where the bee cappy vine comes in. Uh, it, it's the vine that actually, um, I don't know the exact name of the chemicals, I'll look it up again, but it's, it's MAO, MAIOs or something like that. And basically what they do is, is they allow your body to actually absorb the DMT instead of breaking it down. So the, these tribes in Peru actually discovered this um, through shamanic journeys and uh, rituals on how to actually make this, this drink that makes you have these very spiritual experiences. Um, some people call DMT the spiritual mono- molecule. 
So, so yeah, bee cappy vine is the the one that helps you uh, absorb the DMT, and then the chacruna has DMT in it. There are a couple other variations out there that can have the same effect. Um, and then there's also some people actually just smoke DMT, but when you smoke DMT, um, you normally get like a 15 minute high um, that I guess has a shortened effect that what ayahuasca does. Ayahuasca can last um, usually between four to eight hours, just depending on depending on your body. Uh, it's not even like a you know, it's not like you get used to taking ayahuasca. It's just really, I mean, there there were times when I was, you know, high for shorter periods of time than others. Sometimes it would last 10 and 11 hours. So, um, so yeah, that's basically what ayahuasca is and how it's made. Um, I guess the DMT, I didn't really talk too much about that. So DMT makes you see things. I don't want to say, I don't want to say see things. Like, it doesn't make you hallucinate. It makes you go through spiritual experiences this is the best way to put it um you may see different colors and psychedelic things you may see loved ones you may see past memories um you may just see i don't know and, that, and sometimes it's not even visual it's more feelings and thoughts um, that come up and just energetically what's going on with your body and everything else in the world. <laughs> what was your goal out of going and doing ayahuasca or what made you want to do it the first time? So the first time I wanted to do it because um, just hearing all of the benefits of it, um, you know, they say one ayahuasca ceremony is the equivalent of between five to ten years of psychotherapy. Wow. And so... Not so I, everyone could use a little ayahuasca in their lives. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, you know, with five to ten years of psycho psychotherapy, um, you know, and I guess I was just kind of curious to see where I was at, like how much therapy I need. You know, I've, I've been meditating for 12 years, and I've done a lot of spiritual work with Reiki, you know, energy healing over the years, and and other different energy healing techniques and I have done therapy in the past so I guess it was just kind of you know curious to see like where I'm at and what I would see you know and so I just wanted to understand a little bit more and and not only that to be able to share it with others that you know need this I think it's something that and especially after doing this experience I think it's something that anyone and everyone can use yeah. Um, I think there's a place for it for everybody. So everyone needs some healing. Well, totally. So you watch the documentary, and then you're totally like, I know I for sure wanted to do this. Yeah, yeah. It was. I remember. I remember us talking about it, and mm -hmm. after I saw it, I was like, Yep, I'd do that. And I, I said, Hell no, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. That doesn't look pleasant. Yeah, I know. It's I don't know. I've always kind of been challenging myself, you know, going on a 10-day meditation retreat where, you know, I can't talk and interact or read, write, listen to music, do anything for 10 whole days. Um, I, I like to challenge myself, and I think that's part of how I grow 
is to see how far I can push myself. How far can how far can I go without eating, without talking, without you know, without doing certain things and restricting myself and just seeing, you know, testing the strengths of my mind, my body, and my spirit. So it's pretty admirable because I've watched <laughs> this whole journey and it's, Thank you. it's pretty awesome. So, uh, and then that kind of brings us to where we found this retreat in, in Shaman. So, um, David, who is your Shaman, that we found at a Mind Body Spirit Expo over the summer. And even me talking to him and, and him telling me more about the plant medicine, and he definitely put my mind at ease about it. And I was definitely more open to trying it I haven't yet but he the way he explained it I felt comfort and I really was like it's a plant so I'll put alcohol in my body and not even think twice but something that's natural like this I have such a hard time but I'll do natural things in every other aspect of my life, but just because of the intensity of it, I think it scared me, especially if I see things I don't want to. I think that kind of freaks me out. But anyways, but he made me feel better about doing it and the whole, yeah, like the five to ten years of psychotherapy, so it's good for you know, mentally and things spiritually and energetically which I'm really into energetic things too. Uh, so I felt better about it. And, and I think, and y'all can you know, elaborate more, but finding an, a good shaman is super important. Because you see a lot of documentaries where Americans just go to Peru blind by themselves looking for someone and they get linked up with the wrong shaman and, you know, scams and all that kind of crazy stuff yeah i would definitely recommend doing some research before you go to peru um like really i mean you need to like interview this like it's for your life because it could be that serious i mean there there i've learned that there are shamans out there that will actually do magic on you to i mean i don't not, magic's not the right word, but during ceremonies, they'll do things to you to tie you to them so that you'll continue paying them money. Like, they mm. can do that. So so they'll actually... So you may start getting something out of the ceremonies, but you'll never get enough to ever leave them financially. Like, you'll always want to continue to work with them and continue giving them money because because that's how they set it up. And then there's shamans that actually put other things in the ayahuasca to make you have like these crazy visual hallucinations, which ayahuasca doesn't always do. Like I've met people on my tr my journey that um, didn't have many visions at all, like didn't have crazy cool colors and stuff like that. And actually personally, I didn't have a ton of them. Ever. Like every ceremony wasn't this magical, you know, colorful experience. So that's not the point of this. This isn't a recreational drug too, you know, like you were saying with alcohol, like alcohol, you don't, you don't drink alcohol to heal yourself. You drink, most people drink it to numb something mm -hmm. or, or to, to release those inhibitions so that they can enjoy themselves more or whatever. It's, you know, some people do enjoy the taste of it. Um, but 
that's not, I do enjoy the taste yeah. of a glass of wine, so. Right, but it also <laughs> relaxes you. So yeah. there's a, re it's a recreation. Like, you, you don't just sip on ayahuasca because it's the thing to do on a yeah. Friday night. Like, it doesn't work that way. This is, this is a medicine. It's, it's to heal you. It's to heal you physically, mentally, and spiritually, and it does all three. Um, and there's also other medicines besides ayahuasca that I worked with and that I learned about as well, so... Um, and the one that we actually had at the studio that David did a couple ceremonies, Hape or Rape, depending on how you pronounce it. It's, it's spelled R-A-P-E with a line over the E. So it's kind of easier to say Hape because it doesn't <laughs> sound as bad as it looks when you write it. So, um, but that's a, that's a medicine that's blown up your nose that, you know, it, it helps clear your mucous membrane and it opens up your meridians and, and yeah, it, that it helps was... you focus on your breath and you can really get into a deep meditation during that. Um, it also decalcifies your pineal gland and other parts of your brain. So it has a lot of benefits. Well, and going back to like David and, you know, what he does. So I feel that if anybody is interested in doing it and going to Peru, that they could reach out to you about David because he does groups all the time and I just feel like he's like a really good shaman and trustworthy and he checks on you all the time after your ceremonies and what I like is he actually interviews you before you even can take ayahuasca to make sure you're mentally capable and you know can do it because I know there's some kind of you know, things that if you're on certain medications or something, you can't do ayahuasca or... Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like, you know, I'm telling everyone that they need to make sure they're interviewing their shaman. David makes sure he interviews all his clients. He doesn't just take on anyone because they want to do it. Because to me, that's, I mean, to me, that's a big sign that he's not in it for the money. He will turn yeah. people down. He will turn people away. Um, yeah. With the medications, I know the only one that I know of um, just through experience is um, any antidepressant. Um, if you're on an antidepressant, uh, you cannot take ayahuasca. Like you could literally die. It has a negative effect um, on on the ayahuasca. They don't work well together at all. And it's something that you can, you know, hopefully find a way to get off of if it's something you do want to try. Because obviously, if you're on antidepressants, um, ayahuasca can help you once you get off that medication. The problem is, is you have to get off the medication first. So, but yes, he interviews everyone. Um, and even within that, um, the first ayahuasca ceremony for new people, he doesn't just give you a full cup. You get a little bit. So you actually, most people, people the first ceremony, they don't have a crazy experience um, because they want to see your body's reaction. They want to, you know, kind of ease it in. And it's like kind of introducing you to the medicine. So they give you enough that it'll help kind of cleanse your body, go through in like the ayahuasca almost works like it's like an exam when you go to the doctor. It's checking your blood pressure, it's checking, you know, checking all your vital signs to see where you're at so that when you do go to a full cup the next ceremony, it can work and work well. And and I've seen that with everybody including my experience um how much it it helps to do it that way. So they don't just go full on like, all right, you're going to have a crazy experience tonight. 
first yeah. time on ayahuasca because they want to be able to manage the situation. Because the shamans also drink the ayahuasca while they're doing ceremonies so that they're connected to you, right? Yes. Yes, let me give a little history on that. So back in the day when ayahuasca was first discovered, people would come to a shaman for help for whatever sickness they they had going on or whatever. And the shaman would actually sit with them in ceremony. The shaman would drink the ayahuasca and the ayahuasca would show them how to help them with other plant medicines. Like that's how it started out. So before like people didn't drink ayahuasca, then through ayahuasca ceremonies, um, shamans were told to start sharing this with other people as the, that would have more benefits. So then they started sharing the ayahuasca with others and they would still drink it as well. So they're going through the journey with you. And, and I've seen this happen. They can see energetically what's going on with you. And then they help you. They sing um, these beautiful songs. Uh, they're called Icaros that are um, from the Shipibo tribe. It's the Shipibo language mixed with whatever language the plant medicine gave them during ceremony, I guess is the easiest way to put it. It's, it's like these songs that came to them through these ceremonies. Um, they sing them and they're, they're definitely for very specific purposes. They sing songs at certain different times for certain different reasons that even sometimes I don't understand, but just that whole combination is, you know, what makes the ceremony so amazing. And, you know, you're not in it by yourself. Not only are you in it with ayahuasca, who's kind of guiding you through that journey, you also have your shamans with you. And if you're starting to have a really bad experience, they come over and they like smudge you. And um, they, they call it soul play, where they actually like blow smoke on you from uh, a mapacho tobacco. So it's not just like, like doing shrooms where you just take a shroom and just trip Go out. For, yeah. <laughs> It's not, it's not that type of thing. You know, this is serious. They're doing work. It's not. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been around for thousands of years and I mean, I feel like because of the path we've taken in our lives that it kind of brought us to that because before I never, never heard of it. And even now when we talk about it, to people there's it's like a 50 50 divide on 50s heard of it 50 has and so that's why I'm I'm excited to to do this because we do have clients that have said that they're interested in doing it but scared but are waiting to hear about your experience and I think that's why we decided to record it because it's so much that they can just completely listen but if they have questions that maybe weren't answered they can always reach out to you and get them answered but so so let's talk about this retreat <laughs> so you were gone for 14 days mm -hmm. you did 10 ceremonies yes. in 14 days yes. uh and just not ayahuasca alone you did other things too but let me just tell you he came back and the amount of weight that he lost because of this, you're on a special diet, like what, two weeks before you even do the ceremony. Yeah. And then you were on a special diet while you were out there mm -hmm. where you fasted for like five days. But uh, 
Yeah, it's interesting just to see the physical and spiritual mental transformations. But if you want to go more on the actual retreat and and talk about that. Yeah. So first I want to talk about, I'm going to start with my trip out there. Um, it's supposed to be an 18-hour trip, basically, from the time my first flight left until I got to my final airport. But... It took a lot longer, actually. Um, and even in that journey, like, there was definitely things to be learned. And and so, like, I know... That, that you need to learn how to speak Spanish, I think, is the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking Spanish um, would definitely have helped in Peru um, big time. It's English is not everyone's second language a lot of people only speak spanish especially when you get to like the jungle parts like they don't speak english at all my um david's shaman wilma she's an amazing amazing woman does not speak like a lick of english so i needed a translator but i knew i had one when i got out there so mm-hmm. i mean it was it, to me it was very brave to even try to travel on your own Oh, um, yeah. to a foreign country and not have the language luckily i ran into a few people at the airport that did speak spanish and english um, that weren't even, you know, Peruvian natives. So I got lucky in that, um, the flight attendants somewhat spoke English. Um, some of them refused to speak English. So (laughs) there was that, but so yeah, I ended up getting stuck at my last airport and my flight got changed three different times. Uh, I was supposed to leave at like nine 30 in the morning. I ended up not leaving until 3 PM. And so that was kind of scary and stressful. My phone was dying. I didn't have a charger. But it all ended up working out and just, like, having patience. And, and that was amazing. So so the, the camp was um, in the jungle, like, deep in the jungle. That's all I can really say. So we, took, we had to take an hour-and-a-half car ride. And then we were dropped off on the side of the road. <laughs> and it... Mind you, it was like 7 o'clock at night at this point, so it was dark. So we got dropped off on the side of the road. Uh, a couple people met us, took our luggage, and they were just like, all right, let's go. We have a 20-minute hike. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, whatever. And then we're walking, and it's like just a dirt mud road the entire time. So we're walking through mud in the dark, Bugs, I'm sure. You know what? The bugs weren't that bad at that moment. (laughs) The rest of the journey, they were pretty bad. But during that, they weren't that bad yet. Um, So, yeah, it was just... And so, like, I mean, I still remember, like, I'm, like, hiking in the dark, in the mud, following David and, you know, these three guys that are speaking Spanish and I have no clue what they're saying. And I'm like, what am I getting myself into? (laughs) And then we get to camp, and the, the camp was amazing, actually. I thought I was going to be really rough in it. Um, I, I didn't fully know what to expect, but I had my own bed with a nice mosquito net over it, which was a savior, and we had running water and running showers, and there was a kitchen, and there was actually electricity, so that wasn't horrible. Um, so then that first night, I think probably got to camp around 7.30, and David's like, all right, we're going to have a ceremony in like an hour. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay. Oh, jeez. Like, all right, I just got here. Uh, but that's what I came for, you know. So I'm like, all right, let's let's do this. And so there was only one other person there when I got there. 
so just me and her um, ended up sitting in ceremony and I had done two ceremonies before this so it wasn't um, my very first ayahuasca experience so I wasn't I wasn't nervous I I had a I had a general idea of what may happen because with mm -hmm. ayahuasca and you'll learn this too if you ever do end up taking it um, no experience is the same there's no two experiences that are the same. It, to me, it's as similar as meditation. Like every time you sit down and meditate, it's a completely different experience. You may have some that are kind of comparable, but like no two experiences are the same. And ayahuasca is definitely the same with that because why do you need to experience something you've already dealt with in a previous ceremony? Right. Well, and before you went to Peru, you had done ayahuasca before. Yeah. Just not in the jungle right not in the jungle so it wasn't your first time doing ayahuasca but in this setting in the getting the real experience i feel like yes there's definitely a huge difference um i'm glad that i did it back here before um before i went to peru because it just prepared me for it and it also just confirmed that it was something I wanted to do. Because I think there's a lot of people that may be like, oh, yes, this is something I definitely want to do. And then, you know, if they tried one experience here, they may change their mind. They'd be like, you know what, I don't think I want to go to Peru and really dive that deep. I don't know if I'm ready for that. I need to do some more work or whatever. Um, but, yeah, being in the jungle and experiencing it the way it is, it's definitely takes it to a whole nother level because you're completely disconnected. You know, you... Like, I had to go back to work, like, you know, 36 hours after my ceremony here. So I didn't have enough time to process what had really happened or just kind of be. I had to get right back into life and do, 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 do. So it was like, I don't know, you didn't, you don't get time to really hold on to what the effects can have on you. Because yeah. they last longer than, once the ceremony's over and the high is gone, like, there's still energetically effects that are happening and you're having all these realizations and epiphanies and ideas and all this creative juices flowing in you all of a sudden so well, I know definitely the ceremony you did here before you left you had a really hard time processing everything and right because you had to get back into your real life but I didn't know what to expect from you coming back yeah. I was like, what's he going to be like? Is he still going to like me? <laughs> like, I had no idea. And I feel like you've processed it so much better because you're, you jumped back into normal life, per se. <laughs> like, it was nothing. Yeah. Like, you dealt with everything you needed to. I definitely feel like I did. And, you know, jumping back into normal life was actually kind of more exciting. Like, I've I've always enjoyed life. I mean, I recorded tons of videos on Facebook, you know, talking about all these positive things, and I've been such a super positive person, and I have such a great look outlook on life, but doing this, like, just enhanced that, like, 10,000 times. Like, I, I, I have such a love for life now, and just everything that I do, and everyone in it, it's just... I'm excited about life now. Like I've never looked forward to living more than I have now. And and not only that, like I kind of have a deeper understanding of exactly what living is for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think it's different for everybody, but once you figure that out, it, it just makes life more exciting and makes you look forward to every single moment of life. 
So. So do you feel comfortable telling us about maybe an experience that one or a few that maybe really stuck out to you or? Oh yeah, definitely. So I'm, like, I'm going to kind of go through my journal a little bit because I did journal a lot, but my first experience, um, <laughs> it's funny because if you, if you saw, if you could see my journal, my, after my first experience, the, the top of the page says, holy shit, <laughs> pardon my friends, but, um, it was a very intense, um, experience even compared to the two that I had back home. I'd actually say the two back home were, uh, a lot easier and there's, there, um, more on the, I guess I would say more on the recreational side where they were more enjoyable and I had fun and like I had really cool experiences and I saw things. I feel, I still cried during one of the ceremonies or both of them, but, um, it wasn't that harsh, I would say. This experience was pretty harsh. And actually, I never I never purged during the first two ceremonies that I did here. I did, and then I purged <laughs> during my first ceremony in Peru. Um, the setting alone, I'm, you're, you're in this, it's called a maloca. It's this big circle room, and there's, there's no lights. There's no street lights. There's no, there, and there was no moon because there was an overcast at night. So it was pitch black with the sounds of crickets and other bugs that are foreign to me. So it was like all these foreign sounds and moths and birds and all these different, you know, just the, just the ambience of the sound is so mesmerizing and you're just in this dark room having this experience to the point where I didn't even know when I opened my eyes. So, so yeah, and I actually, my, when I, when I purged for the first time, um, I actually, I couldn't see anything, but somehow I found the bucket, which was amazing. And I'm, I'm puking and it's literally like, I could see like this black, coming out of my mouth and I know it probably wasn't that color but it it just felt like this dark dark like energy that's just like purging and I've I've vomited quite a bit in my lifetime this was more intense than that this was like I mean I could feel like my body was getting rid of something like negative just like like I don't even want to make the sound I don't want to make anyone (laughs) gag sorry but but afterwards, I felt amazing. Like, it was, like, such a relief. I was like, yes, like, I got rid of that mess. And so it was just really, really good. I mean, that's all I can really say. So so even in that ceremony, like, there's a lot of weird things that were happening. You know, like I said, with the foreign sounds, there was some bug out there that almost sounded like a beeping. And so at one point, um, I felt like I was going in this, like, loop where... Like Groundhog the, Day. Yeah. It just kept repeating. Yes. Like, um, I'm laying there. I hear this beeping. It sounds like an alarm clock. And I'm like, huh, I need to get up. And then I try to get up. And then I'm like, no, I don't need to get up. I need to stay here. And then I lay back down. And then I hear the beeping. And I'm like, huh. I'm like, what's going on? And so, like, I just started going in this loop. And then actually at one point I thought I was back home. And so I'm, like, looking around. And it felt like you were in the room. So I'm like, babe? And I didn't hear anything, and I was just like, "Okay." I'm like, "No, I'm not home. I'm in Peru." Like, and so then the beeping. So like, there was just like this loop, and 
I don't even know what that meant at the time or even now, but that happened. So, so that was interesting. Um, and actually even in that, um, like I was kind of shown that, uh, how important words are in language and just the use of words and how much significance they have. So, you know, to be careful with the words you choose and the words you use and, and just like, yeah, it was just like how significant those things were to me. So that was, um, that was a rough experience though. So the next night, um, was pretty much the same because <laughs> I think we did for the most time we did like two nights and then we were off a night. So we do back to back ceremonies, which was, you know, this is my first time doing back to back ceremonies. Um, so during my second ceremony, actually, um, I was lucky to do a dieta with another plant on top of uh, ayahuasca. So I'm going to talk about the dieta real quick. So dieta is actually something that normally only shamans did, just like drinking the ayahuasca, where you actually drink um, another plant that then it's kind of like a, it's a spirit guide that you you have this spiritual marriage with. And so I did a dieta with Bobinsana, and Bobinsana is supposed to be very heart opening and um, just full of unconditional love and compassion, and just kind of teaches, can teach you different um, spiritual techniques to say the least. So that was the one that I wanted to work with because, because I'm an energy healer and because I work a lot with the heart chakra, I thought it would be very important for me to you know work on heart opening with with the Bobinsana and, you know, enhance my energy, uh, healing capabilities, which I do believe has happened within the last two weeks. So it's kind of amazing. But so that, so I started that dieta where I actually did drink like this tea that's made out of Bobinsana. And then, so then Bobinsana actually would come to me in my ceremonies and work with me and guide me along with ayahuasca. So it was like, I had a team of, of, of spiritual plants working with me. Um, so that was the second night, and that night was rough as well. I purged again. It wasn't as bad as the first night, though, so... The first night was just... I don't even know how to describe it. It was... Like I said, just black energy, but... Um, I'm gonna actually skip forward to one of my other, like, my favorite um, experiences. So, on... It was Friday the 15th, I believe. It was the 15th from this past Friday. Yes? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever Friday was. Yes, it was the 15th. Um, the, the experience I had the night before was kind of laid back. Didn't really have any visuals. I was just kind of meditating in the room the whole time, aware of what was going on with everyone and everything. And... Um, just like really aware of my body and my breathing and just like in like a semi-meditative, semi-aware state the entire time. So going into my next ceremony, I, I was expecting nothing. I thought, you know, that last experience was so bland that maybe I'm done. Although I had already kind of told myself, there's you're never done. Like I, you could do ayahuasca every day for the rest of your life, and there's there's always going to be some work to be done because unless you completely seclude yourself in Peru and do this, you're going to take on new experiences, take on new energies from people that you're interacting with. You're gonna, you know, there's always room for growth. There's always room to learn. Like no one knows everything, right? 
So, so I knew that there was always something that can be done, but I don't know. I felt stuck after that last ceremony. So this ceremony, um, on Friday, the 15th, my grandfather came to me and I was surprised because I grieved for him when he passed away. Like I, I had plenty of time to, I was actually laid off right before he passed away a couple days before actually. So it was an awesome weekend. I remember that much. Uh, I think I got fired on Friday and then well, I got let go as a temp job. I got let go on Friday and then he passed away that Sunday. So I had, I had weeks to, to deal with this. And not only that, just, you know, through, through all my spiritual practices and meditation, I've seen him in meditations and kind of, you know, we've said our goodbyes and, you know, I, I feel like I'm pretty good with as good as someone can be with losing someone they were close to. Um, but he came to me anyways. And so it was awesome. Um, I remember I put my arm around him or I could feel that like I had my arm around him and we were just like sitting next to each other even though like I couldn't really see him, but energetically, like I knew my grandpa was there and he took me and showed me every single childhood memory that we ever, like that I ever had with him every Christmas in my grandparents' Aww. basement and Thanksgiving and, you know, just going over there in the, in their kitchen while my grandma's cooking and like my grandpa's goofing around and, you know, just, everything like every Christmas every Thanksgiving like just every single memory that I ever had of him like I went through it up until like when you know when I was in my early 20s and he was sick and I was driving him to the doctor all the time taking him and my grandma to the doctors and to the grocery store wherever they needed to go like I did tons of that and just like just just reminded me of how close we were I guess I kind of forgot about that like you know I mean just with time you know time passes and it's like sometimes you forget about little things like that so he showed me all that, and then um, the, one of the last things he showed me was our wedding, mm -hmm. and he just yeah. showed me. He passed like yes. shortly after our wedding. So so yeah, so he actually told me that um, he passed away like three months after our wedding, and he told me that he waited for our wedding, Aww. like he held on for our wedding, and I still remember like seeing him like smiling and getting up in the dance floor, and like, I mean. Like, it was almost a surprise that he passed away three months later because of how much energy he had at that wedding. But it's like he saved it all for that moment. Mm. And and then he just, like, just even in, in that, you know, um, so many of our family members remember that day because that was, like, the last time that we all spent any time together with him. Well, and... There was a lot of people at our wedding that passed. Yeah, so I mean, unexpectedly, or you know. Yeah, and, and our wedding actually was a year earlier than it should have been. Yeah. So I feel like you know, besides if uh, we were never going anywhere, I was you know we're we're soulmates. So whenever we got married, it really didn't matter. Even if we never got married, we'd still be together. Right. But I feel like that that wedding was so significant for both of our families to to have amazing magical night connecting with several several family members that were going to pass away soon mm -hmm. you know so i mean just in that it's like awesome to even know that our wedding could do that you know right. because our wedding was so full of love and you know just connecting with people and there was as far as i was concerned there was no drama i know that things happen but not in my not in my <laughs> world during the wedding but um, There's always drama when yeah, you got it's family, family it's and family. alcohol. It wouldn't, it wouldn't and... be a true family without <laughs> that. But, but no. So yeah. So he told me that he waited for that moment. He waited for us, 
And so that was just like, and I lost it. I was crying the whole time though. Just so like, but it was a good cry, you know, I'm like crying just like these tears of joy and just remembering all the beautiful memories that this man gave me and, and, you know, just the, the impact that he had on my life and, you know, my family's life in such a positive way. And then come to find out, um, when I was actually at the airport waiting for a flight, I was talking to my mom and, uh, she told me that that Friday was actually his birthday. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, and I, I didn't know, which I kind of feel bad about, um, the fact that I didn't remember my grandpa's birthday, but I also had no clue like what day it was when I was out there. For the most part, I actually had a, I had a little calendar that I drew up to kind of keep track of days. Because... True story. I saw it in his journal. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is this? Because I'm like, I don't know what day it is. You lose track of days, especially when you're doing ceremonies. Um, there were days when I didn't go to bed until the sun came up. So then it's like, I go to sleep and I wake up and it's like, hold on, what day is it? You know, so, so I had to keep track of that, but yeah, that was an amazing, amazing experience, you know, and it's hard for me to share all of my experiences um, with everyone, and the main reason why to me is because my experiences are just that. They are my experiences, and they don't mean anything for how your experience is going to go. So yes, I had an amazing time spending an entire ceremony with my grandpa. If your grandpa passed away, you could do 20 ceremonies and never see him. Like I can't guarantee that that's going to happen. You're going and and I actually told someone that was there that was um she was actually um she wanted to leave. She was scared. And so everyone kind of talked to her and not even convinced her to stay, just convinced her to make sure she was making the right decision and and the main thing that I told her was I'm like, with ayahuasca, you're not going to get what you want, but you will definitely get what you need. You're going to get exactly what you need. So whatever you need in your life in this moment when you take ayahuasca, you're going to get it. Whatever whatever you need to get you to the next step or whatever path you're on, you're going to get it. So maybe dealing with the grandfather's death isn't what you need to deal with at this moment. There's something more important or something that's just more relevant to where your path needs to go. So um, that's that's one thing that, you know, why it makes it hard for me to, you know, share experiences during ceremony. But it's also I want to give people an idea of what can happen. You know, it's, I had the dark one where I'm puking out black, but then I also had a beautiful one where I saw my grandpa and spent like hours and hours with him and cried, you know, so you could get one or the other or both in the same ceremony. I mean, I had ceremonies where I was laughing and crying at the same time. So, you know, there's, it's just, um, it's amazing. The one thing I can say though, that seemed to be a common theme with a lot of people is, um, feeling love and not only just love, but like unconditional love, like, and you hold on to it even after the high's over. That's the one thing that I really love about it is that, like the way the way I feel about people now is so much more loving and compassionate than it ever has been. I think I've been a pretty loving and compassionate person, but like I feel like I'm like really close to just straight unconditional love for everybody now because of this because I felt it so many times during ceremony what unconditional love is and like how like that to me like that's like the the number one answer to to making this world like truly a better place is unconditional love. Because with unconditional love, there's no, 
there's no expectations on what other people do. You're just going to accept them for who they are in that moment. There's no expectations on, you know, what you expect out of somebody. I feel like I actually wrote in my journal at one point that with, with unconditional love, money would no longer exist <laughs> because, and people say, well, yeah, money's, you know, cause it's, it's a way that we survive. But if we're all doing what we love, and we're doing it just for the love of doing it, then we don't need money because everybody's doing that. Mm-hmm. There's, there's people that love gardening. There's people that love to do everything that can, then can help a society function, you know, normally, I believe. And that can happen if we all just did that. Now to get to that point, like, you know, it's going to take a lot of ayahuasca and a lot of work, but <laughs> a lot of yoga and meditation. <laughs> yeah. And you know, honestly, even doing ayahuasca, um, I think it's for anybody and everyone, but I think there's other ways to get there too. Like ayahuasca is not the end all be all. It's not the only answer to, to figuring out your, your, your stuff, your, what you need to go through, what you need to deal with. I, I did a lot of work before ayahuasca, um, which I saw that in ceremonies because there were people that, you know, weren't really spiritual or really didn't do a ton of meditation and they had to deal with a lot more or go through a lot more than I did because I've done a lot of work. You know, it's not like this is the first time that I've tried to get rid of negative energies or release negative things in my life. So, yes, ayahuasca can work. And could it be a shortcut? Sure. But with, with ayahuasca, with meditation, with yoga, with all of it, you still have to apply yourself in everyday life. You still have to, you still have to do something. You can't just do this, go home and sit and hope everything's going to work out for you. Yeah. It's possible. Excuse me. It's possible that it could happen. But like I even said, like, what would be the fun in that? Like if, if you were just like this master manifester that, you know, could just sit on your couch and make everything in your world happen. Like how boring would that be though? <laughs> you know, like wouldn't you want to go out there and actually have awesome experiences and meet new people and, you know, have these interactions and actually live life? Like, that's the point. So, so even after these ceremonies over, like, I still got to do the work. I still got to apply myself. I got to put myself out there and share these things and, you know, do what I want to do, but not even do, like, I need to just be who I want to be. Right. So, that's mainly ayahuasca in a nutshell, I guess. Um, one last thing I do want to say is like during ceremonies, before a ceremony, um, you can set an intention. So you can kind of navigate uh, your experiences. But once again, I would still say do not set expectations because you can set an intention to to work. Like for, I'll just use the grandpa as an example. You can set an intention to you know help you grieve with your grandpa. And during your ceremony, you still may never see him, but you'll you'll get what you need to work through that grieving process. So there's still no expectation, but it doesn't mean that you can't have a specific goal, and it will help you with that goal, um, unless it's not needed. I, I've had some intentions of things that I thought I needed to work on from the past and never got to them. So that either means I've already dealt with them or I'm not ready to deal with them. And that's okay. So, yeah, it's, it's so a what, beautiful what would journey. You, <laughs> what would you say, out of all your experiences, what have you gained? Like, I know you said, like, you're pretty much at unconditional love, but, you know, 
Is is that something you think the most you've gained out of these? Ah, uh, the doggies. Um, I would say unconditional love is probably one of the most things. Um, fear. My fear for being myself fully speaking, like um, sometimes I don't speak up out of respect for other people's feelings or just to avoid confrontations, I guess. You know, I won't say certain things because I don't really feel like arguing with people or having that confrontation. Um, I'm not afraid of that anymore. Like, I, I know that I'm going to speak my truth. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people don't. You know, we hide things. We hold, not even just hide things. We hold truth, we hold our truth in because we're afraid of what other people are going to say. And I realize that my truth is my truth and no one can tell me that I'm right, wrong, or the other. Right. It's my truth and I'm going to continue speaking my truth no matter what. So it's awesome. Yeah. So it definitely lifted that, that fear. And, and I, and I actually used it, you know, I've already applied it during, during the retreat. And even afterwards, I kind of looked at myself like, wow, like, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Like that felt right. Good. So and and I'm just excited to share this with so many people. And I know I think I, can't I think to... people are gonna get a lot out of it because, like I said, I had this misconception of what it was. Yeah. Just seeing it on documentaries and not actually talking to somebody that had experienced it, and definitely then meeting the shaman and then you going through it has definitely put me at ease. Um. So yeah, stay tuned to see when I actually do my first ceremony. <laughs> oh, just, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I'm so nervous and scared. Like I need, I, I'm you like know, one of those people that I need to know everything to the minute. Like, what's gonna happen to me? Like, what's my body gonna do? Like, what's my is that my my heart gonna start to race? Am I gonna have high blood pressure? Like, that's just the anxiety in me that I know yeah. I. That's why I really need to do this, to to get through those things. But I. I'm like, I need somebody watching me. I need to be in a controlled environment, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I just, I have so many fears. Yeah, and see, I'm I... not excited to do it. <laughs> I'm fearful, but I know that I need to do it to get over being this way. You should be excited for the result of the journey right. that it'll give you. But it will definitely, I mean, like, just in you saying that, there's a lot of control that you're trying, you're trying to control a situation, right. you know, it's just like trying to control life, like, you can't, you can only control how you feel and what you think, what you do, right, right, but you can't control all the external things, at least not in that way, but the more you worry about things that are bad that are going to happen, the more you're going to see them, and you're going to attract them, so... Right. So going yeah, into it with that expectation, yeah, I know. we all I do. definitely want to get over this this anxiety of flying so that mm -hmm. <laughs> that's my first step. But um, yeah, I'm definitely excited for you. I'm definitely excited for our journey together. So many great things are going to oh, yeah. be unfolding. And uh, I'm glad that we were able to share this with people and give people knowledge and open it up to people to to ask you questions and you know maybe the shaman when you know david gets back we can interview him or you know have him out at the studio i know he's going to be going to california for a while but uh he's he's a really 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 awesome guy he's he's awesome he's amazing i love him like a brother um so i just want to say one more thing about my journey that i did realize that actually it didn't happen during the ayahuasca experiences. Um, it happened outside of them. You know, there was there was a group of people that 
um, for the most part, knew each other that were there. And I connected with every single person that was there, like in such a deep way that I consider all of them like really good friends now in two weeks. And so like even reflecting on that, I'm like, why am I so close with these people? And it's like, because not only were we going through this healing experience together, but like when I, when we had conversations, we connected, like we fully connected. There were no cell phones. There was nothing for us to do. I didn't have to go to work or be somewhere or do, you know, I didn't have some agenda during the day where I was able to be fully present and have a conversation with someone and like, and like completely connect to them. And I think a lot of us miss out on that in our everyday life. Oh, yeah. Not that there's not an opportunity for Definitely it. Definitely have a disconnect with, you know, our devices that we have and yeah. social media. I mean, it's, it's sad. And we're always on the go. So it's like, all right, I can meet up with you for coffee, but I got somewhere to be in two yeah. hours. So it's like, you're almost like you're checking your time. So it's like, you want to rush and try to get everything squeezed in these two hours instead of just being like, Hey, let's meet up and talk and see what happens. And like, I'll leave when we're done, you know, and just kind of letting go. So I think, um, when it comes to communicating with people, like we need to make sure we set time aside to actually do it. And not just on the phone, like face to face, like looking someone in the eyes, like truly seeing them, feeling their energy, being with them. Um, and so when you're able to do that for two weeks, you know, to the fullest, um, you connect like on a deep, deep level where it's like, and then not only that with, you know, you know, learning this unconditional love, it's like, I'm looking at the, at people in a different way now where I'm not judging them. And I'm just like, you know what? I love you because, because you're you, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so that was such a beautiful part of the experience as well. And I'm so glad that I have like 10 new, new friends that I can connect with, you know, from different places. And yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're going to be selling some of the artwork and jewelry, amazing, amazing stuff that you brought back from Peru. Amazing stuff. So we'll be selling it at the studio, but we'll also be put, you know, putting stuff online so that if you're not a client or you maybe don't live in the area, but you're interested uh, we could ship it to you, but this artwork is just amazing. Yeah, the artwork's amazing. Um, I don't know the artist's name. It's on the paintings. Off the, I'll put it in the description. But the his paintings are so so beautiful, and I definitely wanna I'm gonna get some more to sell and share with others too because it's just they're so amazing, and all the jewelry is it's all handmade. Um, and you know, Peru, especially in Iquitos, it's such a poor, poor area that like some of these people, this is how they make their living and mm-hmm. the quality of jewelry is amazing. So yeah, the stones, we got some crystals and yeah, stuff. Yeah, we got some crystal necklaces and some bones and teeth and or claws, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, they, they put so much effort in these things. And, and so like, I just felt so compelled to to buy as much of it to share with everybody to, to support them. You know, I'm as, as a local business, you know, small business owner, I I try to support as many small businesses as possible, especially the local ones, but anybody that I know that owns a small business, it's like, how can I help you grow? You know, that's always kind of been one of our visions as a business. It was like, how many businesses can we work with to help each other grow? What was that quote you put today up on your Facebook? Something about, not competing, but... Oh, yeah, not competing. Just, you know, I'd love to see other people um, being successful, you know. And I think that's that's a different way of looking at things. Instead of trying to climb the ladder and stepping over people, help as many people up along the way. Because 
not only just for the goodness of doing it because it should be the right thing to do, but what happens if you get to a step that you can't get up? But you've helped so many people up up behind you, you know, not trying to stay above them, help them up with you. Maybe one of them is ahead of you now and they can actually reach a hand out and help you up. So it's just it's a team effort. Like we're we're not in a competition. We all want to succeed and the more that we help each other, the more we can all grow. So right. it's pretty powerful. So, yeah. Yes, and being yes. a small business owner, I definitely appreciate that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, that was that was awesome. Uh, I know you probably have so many more things that you could talk about. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I think we can just kind of end it here and just let people kind of reach out if they want to. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you're usually at the studio taking classes. You can catch him in between, or he does his meditation on Sundays at... 615 so you could catch him before or after meditation or if you're interested in just emailing him at jason at soulflowyoga.com no w in the flow f-l-o you can reach out to him through there and our social media page soulflow yoga inc on instagram or soulflow yoga one and then uh we have what else a youtube channel soulflow yoga inc right so. Yeah. yeah, and then I have a Facebook page um, called The Law of Attraction Positive Energy. I can share a link for that as well. Um, that I post like motivational videos, which I will, which I'm looking forward to start posting more on that. So, yeah, I'm more than willing to to talk to anybody if you know they have any specific questions that they want, you know, answered or just anything interested in about ayahuasca meditation, or if they're interested in scheduling an energy, energy healing. healing session with you they can email you and schedule that yes it. yes the, that is one thing that i went out there for that my energy healing like i've actually learned two new techniques um can't tell you where i learned them it was during ceremony that they came to me but yeah i have like some new energy healing techniques that are pretty um profound i would say just from from the people that i practice on their personal reviews so yeah so yeah thank you guys so much um i'm glad i was able to record this i think this will kind of make my life a little easier instead of trying to tell these stories over and over again to so many people so i hope everyone especially my friends and family listen to this episode <laughs> yeah yeah and and we're back now we took a little break while he was gone because i am not very I'm, savvy I'm the with the yeah i'm, I'm the so. engineer of the, of the podcast yeah so <laughs> We're back, so keep listening. We'll put out weekly podcasts, and uh, thanks. Have a great weekend, everybody, and namaste. Namaste. I love all of you.